Gearheads Podcast. Welcome to the Gears Head Podcast, your weekly podcast, the podcast where we will dive into all the things about sim racing and tweak a little bit about motorsport. In today's episode, we have an exciting lineup of topics to discuss. I will be delving into the world of microtransaction in the video games and how they impact the young generation, particularly as you saw on the last LEGO game racing game. I will be the microtransactions versus DLC and comparing a little bit about the subscription based model on games like iRacing, iRace Room and R-Factor. But that's not all, I have some exciting sim racing news and I will give you an update on James Baldwin who recently shared a captivating video on YouTube discussing the latest developments in the role of Rensport and ESL format. And to close. I will be sharing a personal experience as I recount my first time on the iconic Bandash track and we cannot miss discussing one of the most prestigious endurance races in the role of the 24 hours Nubring and recap the 5 things I learned from that event. So buckle up and join us on this exciting journey through the world of motorsport, gaming and unforgettable experience. Let's heal toe and dive into this corner because we are Vingia Z Podcast. After a couple quiet weeks, we start well and Team Redline brings us back the real racers never quit as is coming back on the last Sunday in the wake of the cancellation of the Formula 1 2023 Emilia Romana Grand Prix. I will not dare myself now to go with the full name as you guys remember. Unfortunately, Emilia Romana Grand Prix was cancelled due to the catastrophic flooding that we saw on Himula and with that, Team Redline brings us one strategy that paid off well in 2020 when you know on the pandemic, handling Max Verstappen, the full Redline team with a lot of good guesses. Two good races I have the pleasure to see and good points. First of all, on the Mazda MX-5, Max Verstappen was a little bit down to the pack. He crossed the chicane to the, to the um, dirt road, making a little bit of a cross-country. Uh, type was quite funny because he even said to his co- uh, colleagues uh, the follow way, follow my braking line and everyone was like what and after he just seemed cross completing and doing that part but other part was quite funny was while driving the Toyota GRA86 uh, was a huge crash everyone crashing down and Luke Bennett have to go inside and outside and pass it very well on the NASCAR type of style. It was quite sunny to see all that going back and bring us the 2020 uh, memories of the pandemic lockdown, as you guys remember. Moving on, F1 World, as you know, is coming with a new game, F1 23 from the EA Games. I'll talk a little bit about in two weeks about what I think uh, uh, what EA Games is doing with all these shenanigans of uh, games every year, what is going wrong for on my point of view, what I feel that we should do it, but they keep bringing us more updates 
and they are revised completely the game with a new online multiplayer ranking system and everything looks good the introduction of the F1 Lite now is a F1 Hub so it's a lot of good, good things coming so not everything is bad news in terms of F1 23 let's see if we go back to his path that the last one could not manage comparing with the 20, F1 to 2021 R Factor 2 as you guys know continue its British Touring Championship the BTCC content driving as a series Cooper Leon has joined the scene on the last day. The new car also arrived alongside deliveries for the entire of 2023 grid, coming that as a free upgrade. The Cooper is the final form of the 2021-2023 season to come to the R Factor 2, three months after the Panoply BTCC that was the only Civic Type R and it was released. The Spanish company, as you guys probably don't know, is no stranger to the BTCC, having claimed the manufacturer titles in 2006 in the guide of the Cooper's parent brand, the Seat, falling just shy of claiming the driver's crown. The car used a Series 2 little turbocharger Toka M Sport spec engine, share a lot of similarities on the R Factor 2 sound as the Toyota Corolla G R Sport, the Infiniti K50, and the Vauxhall Astra. Although the Toyota used a proposed built Toyota engine in this late year. Ironically, probably you guys don't know, Cooper aims to exclusively sell electric cars on 2030, but that, as you know, is part of all the Volkswagen range incorporated in the Audi uh, Skoda 2. To close, this uh, R Factor 2 BTTC came in three packs, so you can get the Cooper Leon alone. For the price of 5 euros or 4.33 pounds, the car pack, the full grid for 20 euros, 17.35, or the BTCC pack, including four tracks and a full customized car pack, and that is 30 uh, euros and 26 pounds. Our below. Gran Turismo 7 is bringing three new cars, as you know, and that I'm talking about the new R32 generation of the Nissan Skyline that is already present on the game. But this one will be a different version, will be a most lower spec. But still, quick one: the GTST Type M, the Nismo version. Going to more classic old school car is a new Julia. Not new, new, but new Julia on the game. I'm talking of the version of the 1960s, as was part of the 105 115 series model. Already add on Gran Turismo 4 a Sprint, the 1600 GTA. This time we're gonna bring a classic one, just a normal 1600 with a minimalist design and a fizzy engine mixed with a raspy exhaust sound. To finish all that special cars that gonna come to the game we bring a classic one a car that already been on the game and it's come from the 2003 book in the Gran Turismo 4 uh, the latest edition is a heavy modified Ford Maverick with 1.200 horsepower and that was owned by Jimmy Shaw and created on the greening auto company and it was received a prize on the SEMA award winning in 2018 guys Closing all the big news, the Straight for Studio announced that his strategic partnership with Razer Studio. I think something that probably 
people that already have a queue as Automobilista 2, as you know, that's part of Razer Studio, use the Maiden engine that was made by Straight for Studio. Straight for Studio, as you can imagine, included have titles of the AA bestsellers like the GTR series and the award-winning Porsche car franchise that was awarded with one of the best simulation awards at the Gamescom in two occasions and had millions of sales. The two, the two studios will combine their decades of experience in creating iconic simulation racing titles, starting with a strike for upcoming racing simulation title that would be the GTR. So it's something good for us. I think Razer have a different vision on the simulation than was on Project Cars. Both of the studios have already a lot of things to develop and it would be nice if they bring us something different, not only GTs, but I would like to see DTMs, classic DTMs, starting from the 80s to the 90s, classic BTCC game that I know is coming something, but more bringing probably the Aussies, the Australian V8s to, to the games, something focused on more the touring car, I think there's a lot of things to do, the touring car and will be nice with different uh, racing um, tracks that we don't have on all these simulations. To close the news, Art of Rally, the nostalgic and creative gaming title, as we know, will have its very own box deluxe edition and is coming on our way. Is probably one of the most beautiful racing games. The Art of Rally will have a full-on deluxe boxed version only released for PS5 and Nintendo Switch and only be available across European specialist stores. So guys, try to grab that box because I think it would be something amazing. It's a funny game, of course not a full 3D when I talk about 3D, uh, the way that we are able to play, but it's a very classic funny game style so I really enjoy it but without orders let's jump on this microtransaction shenanigans and what I think about it and what I think is wrong with it Suddenly microtransaction in video games have become a prominent topic in recent years and have a significant impact in the game industry on younger generations and even probably on ours. As you know, microtransactions refer to small in-game purchases that players can make, often using real money, to obtain virtual items, cosmetic or gameplay's advantage. But it's five ways that I think that microtransactions are affecting this generation of gamers. As you know, I'm a five-way guy, five-way that this game is doing well, five-way that are microtransactions and will be always my way of doing everything. So let's dip on the five ways that the microtransactions are affecting everything. Of course, they re bring a revenue generation. They have become a lucrative business uh, model for game developers and publishers. By offering optional in-game purchase, they can generate additional revenue beyond the initial game purchase. This model have allowed some of the games to be offered for free while monetizing through microtransactions. You have the design of the game and the balancing. You know that inf that uh, microtransactions can influence the game design and the balancing. In some cases, developers sometimes prioritize the creation of, of these microtransaction opportunities, potentially affecting the overall of the game experience. And that can lead to concerns about the fairness and whether players who spend more money have won a fair advantage to over the who don't know. 
the impact that for me have on spending habits. As you know, this can influence the spending habits on younger games. They may be tempted to make frequent purchases to enhance their gaming experience, acquire exclusive items or keep up with the colleagues. They can lead to excessive and spending, especially when games are enticing like loot boxes, like get this uh, price system now, or even uh, randomized, uh, randomized rewards as you see on FIFA that you open a box and you never know what you're gonna get. And if you want that thing, you gotta buy it, buy it, and buy it, and buy it. Of course, to finalize uh, the last two topics, I think is exploitation. As sometimes this uh, encourages, like I say, players to spend more money. Some games employ tactics, like I have been saying, a limit time offer, special events, fear of missing out, create a sense of urgency and driving purchase. This can be particularly impactful on younger, more susceptible players and probably not so well skilled ones too. And after we have the ethical concerns, you know, a lot of critics argue that this practice can be uh, manipulative, predatory, contribute to gambling-like behavior, especially when randomized re rewards are involved. There have been calls for increased regulation and transparency to protect players, particularly minors, from potential harm. It is important to note that not all the microtransactions probably die, are negative, they can provide additional content, but for that I will start speaking about DLCs and how I think DLCs are better comparing to microtransactions in the racing games. Of, of course, what I will bring, I will bring 5 things that the DLC are better when I speak about. <laughs> so let's start with DLCs. First of all, they are content fragmentation. In some racing games, the use of DLC can lead to content fragmentation. That means that certain cars, trucks, additional features are only accessible through separate purchases. As a result, the player base may become divided, but I think the DLC is a way of a game keep evolving and not having a title coming every year just to bring the new, the new stuff. Of course, they bring paywalls and competitive disadvantage in racing games where DLC include new cars or performance enhancing items. Players do not purchase these uh, additional content packs. Of course, they have always a competitive disadvantage that we'll see a lot on R Factor 2, where you could, for you play that uh, games multiplayer on that class, you need to own all the class, not only one car. Let's give an example, you want to play the new the BTCC. But you just want to play with the Toyota uh, Corolla GR. So why you need to buy all the other cars if they are just there as a visual, not affecting your experience as a driving? So was one of the things that uh, recently our factors changed. A lot of games are changing, and that is a good thing because bring more fairness. Of course, you have the long the long term cost. DLCs are expensive, as you saw on Automobilista 2. You buy the car, the game, the game came very uh, low, but if you want to enjoy the game in full time, the game passed from £25, uh, I think it was a price that was on the time, and go to around 100 So, of course, you might ask why I need all these cars, but that will be up to you, and I think is a way of the game say, look, we build a new car, this is the car you want, this is the price, if you don't like this car, you can have the other cars, and that's the price. Okay. That's a little bit fair. Of course, we have the quality and the value of prospection. Depending on the implementation, the presence of microtransactions and the DLCs in racing games can influence players' 
perception of the game's overall value and quality. If players feel that essential or desirable content is locked behind paywalls or excessive additional costs, it may lead to the, uh, negative views of the game. And that is everything I think about the DLCs. But now, that's the thing more important that I want to talk to you, is how these microtransactions and DLCs start on the, the game that probably could be the best racing game of this year. LEGO 2K Drive just dropped one week ago and for me he had all the things to be a game of the year. Not only from what is as a LEGO game but because of everything. The game followed a different part of the last LEGO games because everything was about destruction. There is destruction and construction. You construct your own car. And that is amazing and brings us a connection to our childhood. Everything on the environment is destructible. I think a part of some houses, of course, will be difficult to break and construct again. Would be nice probably if they break, but they have to have something hard there on the game that is more difficult. But still, it's fun. The game is lovely and the game is not only Lego. The game have three games inside of one. I will say three games and I will break them. You have a Forza Horizon style open world. You have a Mario Kart style and not a copy like you saw on games like Disney uh, that came uh, this year, I will not mistake. And it's a copy completely about Mario Kart. So you have the same style and after you have a little bit of the crew or from the PlayStation as you remember. So when you jump on the water, the, the automatic, you change for a boat. If you go on an off-road, it will change for an off-road type of car. And if you go on a road, you will change for a road car. And that will bring different types. So if you go with your car and you jump on the water and you didn't change the car automatic because you can have the options to change automatic or change by yourself you will lose speed so everything there is quite enjoyable and the game of course is short very very short but already bring a roadmap when you open the game with all the DLCs you know that on the first series first season you're gonna have four seasons so the first uh, series we're gonna have four seasons and that's already there we don't know what's gonna bring season 2, season 3, season 4 but I presume we'll bring more story, more race content and probably more cars and that is okay but now let's come to the wrong part of the game first of all microtransactions is a game for kids and I will completely speak about this one about what I think that is wrong on a game like that but let's clear about the microtransactions versus the currency that the game win. Let's break on this point. So we start playing the game, you go in the story mode and you start getting, for the first time you finish a race, you get dots. That dots are points. Let's start, I receive 1000 points. On the first race, that's good. I go for the second race, third race, fourth race, fifth race, sixth race, and that is everything. But now is where start this microtransaction shenanigans, I will call it. So let's break it in, in this point. Like I say, you receive your 1000 points, you want to buy a new car already set up, a new character, a new type of bricks or something, and go buy 4,000 dots, a character 4 to 6 or 8,000 dots, a car from 10,000 dots, the simple ones. 14,000 dots, some special one, and after you have like yellow or the blue color or purple colors, I don't remember very well, that are the special ones with the more features and, uh, I say, 
the rare ones, the rare rarities, and that's going to be around two, uh, 20,000 dots, the most expensive ones I think that I saw, I don't remember very well, but let's say 20,000 dots. And that's okay, because you receive, you make 10 races, you receive 10,000 dots, so okay. The grinding of doing the game is not huge, and for this young generation, I think it's not bad. But, like I say, not everything. That is where the microtransactions start having an impact. Because when you have to redo the race, you receive 25. If you do the race on the single race uh, category, you just receive 50. If you do race online, you just receive 5 dots. So, let me imagine I have to do a single race and I want to have a car. I have to do 50 plus 200 to get the 10,000 uh, nodes. So, it's after, don't get so simple to get the dots. So I need to grind it a lot to get that for them, that car. But the possibility of having that car is not one, it's a, li a huge list. And will come more lists with the uh, features uh, seasons. So, it's really weird all that and that came the macro transactions for five euros you get around nine or ten uh, thousand dots so okay you want this car it's five years you want to get more cars it's worth five years because the game don't give you the option to do it and that is wrong and that and now i will break a little bit on what i think is the five points of the micro transactions are affecting this game like Lego and affecting the games of the generation as we've been seeing. From all the points that we raised already, let me bring the keys on these ones. First one is, for this type of Lego games, we're still having a parent voice and a parental involvement. Of course, the parents have to be aware of the presence of the microtransactions, but sometimes even with all the parent control options on the games, the parent control options on the consoles or the PCs, it is a little bit difficult to see what the kid do all the time. If the kid is enjoying playing on Nintendo Switch across me while I'm cooking, it's a little bit difficult for I can see if he's buying or not buying. Of course, you have to have the options to cancel everything, but remember, kids are smart too, kids are getting very smart, and this are in enable uh, children spending habits, I think so. And not, I feel that Insure is a safe and balanced gaming experience. I don't think so. After you have, okay, you can learn a little bit the education uh, option on the app or so you can be, okay, you cannot have this one. Uh, you need to learn that you need to buy, you need to learn to spend money and everything. Okay, but that uh, have uh, impact on percentage can help children probably to make it decisions about not overspending and not spending, but after don't bring the fairness and that's what I bring is the fairness and the skill. Lego game types are targets for kids. It's essential to maintain a fair and a skill-based environment. This microtransaction should not provide significant advantage that disrupt the balance of the gameplay. The game devs say that this will don't bring any advantage because it's just a car. It's just a car, but for I have the full list of cars I need to grind and I should not have to grind 200 races to have one car 100 races to have one car okay if you don't want to give the 1000 dots after you race again give half drop, to, uh, drop the points to half 
and that will be fair. But just keeping five when you play online, 50, 25 dots, and you need to grind, and need to do it again, and do it again, and do it again. I, for many, many times, will make the people don't want to play, and that is advantage that disrupts the balance of the gameplay and create an unfair advantage for players who spend more money. Um, I think they this rewards this game these different cards. It should be a shivable true skills and effort rather than solely true purchase and that's important I think for a positive gaming experience. Of course after like I say speak about the virtual currency the Lego game have a virtual currency and the game should be mindful of striking a balance between allowing players to earn the virtual currency through the gameplay and offering the optional purchase. And of course is the age appropriate content that for me is the most important thing this lego game like other games that you see sometimes need for speed uh, EA games that have uh, the grind uh, game too so a couple more games that they have quite similar with this type is they are not only content made for adults they are content target young generation this includes evolving manipulate tactics and predator tactics that exploit them the young kids i think Understanding the virtual economy and the spending habits are good, but it should be fairness. The game is about fairness. You buy a game that already costs you 60 uh, pounds, uh, 60 euros, probably 70, 70 euros in Portugal, if I speak on the, in the rest of Europe. And you still have, after you play one, uh, one day, two days, one week, you still have, okay, I cannot get the card, I need to spend more money. That is a tactic of the studios getting more money, and what's gonna make is gonna make that the game developers are getting the pockets fun, uh, full but the game after I think one, one month, two months the game I think Lego game will be forgetting or they change a little bit what they done and go a step back bring more transparency and more fair play uh, fairness to the gameplay and put if you want to go monetize you can go but if you want to grind in the game you can go it and will receive the same pinnacle or I I can ensure that the game very soon will be put on a, on a side and uh, people will jump back to other games and that's uh, sad because I think like this Lego game has something to explore for the next probably 3-4 years that with a lot of uh, DLCs and everything the game could be evolving and bring something very good and could be like I say probably the game of this year in terms of generalist racing not only simulation but because it's not simulation it's an arcade but in terms of a good game I think it was good content for the young generation and unfortunately is blocked by all the shenanigans of microtransactions and greedness that you see on the studio like I say Let's talk about James Baldwin, moving a little bit about the bad things, the shenanigans, about arcade of uh, microtransactions and all the things that the studios try to do. Let's focus on what is positive about uh, sim racing in James Baldwin and drop a massive video on his YouTube channel. I will recommend you, if you didn't saw it, to go. Of course, take around 20 to 30 minutes, but he explained all about the new Rensport, the new pros and cons. But most important is when you talk about the format for me of the ESL with a lot of things that we don't know and how brutal you think it is. Brutal in the terms of very competitive. Before we jump on the ESL, uh, let me just speak a little bit about the Rensport. As you know, Rensport is a game in beta. They unfortunately still have a little bit of bugs as normal. The game is in development. 
but the game has been promising a lot. Like I tend to talk on the last podcast, the game tweak a little bit about GTs, is bringing as we think, we don't know if it's official a car or not official car, but it's bringing prototypes and that is good point for the game because I think we need more prototypes of the car on the gaming because prototypes are coming. I think we are achieving one of the best eras of the prototypes now. I think for her it's going to be a golden era. As Formula 1 is going down a little bit, Indy cars coming up. We see the touring cars coming up again. The GT is going crazy and all that about endurance and prototypes is going again with the full grids and that is what we like. Jumping on the ESL, the 5 ESL started with this one, a 5 minutes practice where we determine if you go for quality or not. So you need to make the best time for going for a good qualification. Why, why that? Because qualifications are not doing at the same time for everyone. You will have, if you go first, you are the first one and after you have to wait between 15 to 20 seconds before you go for the second one. Every round F12 players. So think, if you're gonna have to wait for 10 players, you're gonna be there sitting a long time. And James said sometimes waiting for five to six minutes before you go. Of course, you think, oh, it's not a lot, but you've been training there for five minutes. You start developing some uh, uh, muscle memory, you know, when you're gonna have, when you have to break, you don't have to break. You start adapting yourself to the track, and suddenly you have to stop and do it again. I think for us, speaking is just speaking and saying, oh, okay, it's fair, but is I think for the drivers and for the pressure that they have while they're doing this type of uh, racing is a lot. But of course, let's jump on the actual racing. Actual racing is quick one of the things that you think that need to be evolved in the terms of run sport is the way of the tire temperatures working and how sensible the tire, perf- uh, the tire performance in the game. That is something good point because he said that as soon as you overheating uh, the tire is no way that you could, uh, they will cool down. So that means that you need to be careful. So imagine you are going a race. If you got a top six during the quarter quarterfinals, semifinals, if you are progressing to the next round. It's okay. You just go in a cruise mode, and he showed that where, while he's doing in open right ring, and where he go on the third position on the quarterfinals. I think on the semifinals he went fourth position or uh, vice versa. I don't remember now very well. And he follow that path, and that is what he say. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to try to performance overtakes or try to risk. Not because I'm not capable, but because if I do it that, uh, my tires go over it, and after I will lose the chance probably of going to the next round. Okay, that's fair enough. Probably the game is trying to get, as because it's short races, probably trying to get them to get more emotional, more emotive. But I think we need to have a little bit more there for they try to overtake and everything. And after a quick, one of the most important points was the penalty system. So leading on the video, he start talking about the penalties affecting, and all that one is another thing that don't make the, them to race so much. The penalty system is beautiful. I don't disagree with that. I think it's very well run sport or something like that. But I think as outsider, even should know how many penalty points they have, um, where they get the penalty points. Should be more open for us as a public because we should know when they when they get them, when they get if when they do a clean race 
if the points are clear, how that works. So I have a lot of questions to do that unfortunately are not answered by James Baldwin on all the video, but he explained that he had already 15 points. If he get five, that goes to 20, he have a qualified ban, so he's not allowed to qualify and that will be tricky because you start on the end of the pack. You have to deal with all that sensible tire performance and the tire temperature, so he is gonna be a very difficult point. But he said he raised to us that 70 points will mean that you have a disqualification from the series. And he said that a lot of drivers already have 4 and 50 points because a lot of them crash already uh, due to a lot of things. They are adapting to a new game. Is a lot of um, points that evolve that the game that's still a new game. You know, we don't have so many hours. They they need to explore. They need to adapt to setups. Is a lot of things evolving. So it's quite funny all the way that the game has all these disqualification points, all the things involving. And for me. I think Sport is kicking the right points. I don't know if we'll take, for example, if you're speaking like GTs, etc. of course, the competition. I don't know in terms of, I never tried it. So I don't know in terms of uh, actually racing, racing and uh, actual comfort is gonna be uh, toe by toe, but I think he's making his way to the sport and he's more than welcome. And from our part, I think, we should support James Baldwin. You guys, he have a petition where he tried to raise money, where he want to go back to the racing, the real racing, as he missing it. So I think he's one of the best in our generation. And if you guys have the chance to help him, please help him. But speaking about helping him, let's bring you something amazing, people. And I'm reaching you with my heartfelt plea to join my Patreon community and become part of something that truly impacts. Not only you'll be supporting my dreams and my aspirations, but you will also be contributing to a close cause to my heart and that is Macmillan. Let's imagine this, you are an incredible opportunity to make a positive change in the lives of those affected by dementia and cancer, on my case. By joining my Patreon you are not only helping me overcoming my challenge that the life has thrown at me, but also become a vital source of support for an organization that tirelessly strives to provide care and support to those in need. Now let's talk about something that you can help me to, is the power of YouTube. You know, more than just a platform is a gateway to endless possibilities. Through the YouTube, I found solace, strength and avenue to share my journey with all of you. It has become a lifetime allowing me to connect with wonderful individuals, of course, you never ask face to face, but they help me to bring a more close value to community and to empathy. Of course, I'm dealing with dementia and dealing with cancer is a day by day battle, but through the magic of the YouTube, the help of Patreon, I discover a way to inspire and bring something different to you guys and even bring challenges to me. So you support me on the Patreon, you know, you will let me continue creating meaningful content, spreading awareness and shedding light to the challenge that I face. Together, as you say, we can always ripple the effect of positivity. You know that the, all the contributions that you give, 50% of the process will go, my Patreon will go directly to MacMillian or to Liga Control Cancru and organize renew for their unwavering dedication to providing support, resource and care to death effects by the cancer. But only your patronage will help me to 
keep going and to keep striving. It's two pounds for that two pounds, you know, half to Macmillan or half to Liverpool um, Cancro. And after you have the new tire that is 20 uh, pounds, 20 euros. And that I will break with you now. Still going half half for the Macmillan or for Liverpool Cancro. And after you will in charge of having uh, helping me create more contact with the YouTube. You can join me on the videos. You can create challenges. I'm, ch I'm changing a little bit the Friday challenge on the way it is. Now Friday challenge will move to the world worst sim racer. So I am the world worst sim racing. I'm very getting very very slow. <laughs> I'm missing Apex. I'm missing the changing of gears. I'm missing so much stuff that I'm classifying myself now as a world worst sim racer. So with that you can help me doing and every quarter of the year you're gonna join a rifle. That rifle will help us. Uh, will, sorry, that rifle will bring you uh, a way of getting prizes. That prizes can be from sponsors that I have. It can be from merchandising for myself, and even who knows can be from tickets to any type of races. Of course, if you live on UK, you know that I will only get the ticket for the races on UK. So it's a little bit difficult, but who know we'll bring something more. But so my dear friends, I invite you to open your heart, join me on this incredible journey and let's stand together shoulder to shoulder and show the world that we are about helping each other and not only helping. So I could come here, Macmillan already asked me one time, you want to be face of Macmillan about cancer dealing with cancer dealing with this one and open fundraising, I could do that, but I'm not giving nothing in change. So that one for me is an I don't feel correct so if I want to do that when I can do it but I have to be, be give something in change and this is a way of giving something in change you keep helping me the same way but I bring you a podcast I bring you YouTube videos I give you something back while I still give to the, the other part of the community so from the bottom of my heart your support your kindness and your belief it can be a good power for me and remember the links for my patreon will be on all my social media, even on the Spotify when I have the link. So please join me and let's move now away from all the sim racing and join me a little bit talk about motorsport. For that, let me kick about me going back to the my, I think take four years apart, three years or four years apart since my last uh, actual racing racing so I went to Brandach completely new thing for me if you don't know Brandach is located in West Kingdom in Kent England and have a rich history and considered probably one of the most iconic and I would say challenge tracks old school in the world the circuit was created in 1926 as a motorcycle dirt track before being converted into a permanent asphalt track in the latest 50s the circuit is now from undulating terrain, tight corners, fast trades, and is a favorite among sim racers and even motorsport real world. Already received the Formula 1, British uh, Touring Car, GTs, International Motorcycle Racing Series, is all over the place. Is divided by two layouts. As you may know, we have the Grand Prix layout, 2.43 miles, 3.91 kilometers, that incorporate all the challenge corners as Paddock Hill Bend, Drudes, famous uh, Pilgrim Drop, 
and after you have the indie circuit a very short version it is 1.21 miles and have 1.94 kilometers but still provide exciting intense racing experience Attending to my first race as expected in Brandach was probably emotional experience and like I said it was 4 years that I didn't be able to go to a race, the last one would be the WEC or Helms because it was both of them on the same uh, on the same weekend but unfortunately I do to feel very very sick I have to stay home so I just went to WEC or Helms, I think it was until Helms and it was a very amazing experience, I shared the I went in the garage with Philippe Alkerk, the driver from the 22 was not a very good weekend for him, unfortunately he barely could race, but still was good. Going there was bring back all these memories, of course is challenge when you are on this type of problems, but more challenge when your car decides to stop working properly, so my car midway decide to not work properly, and one of the injectors start failing. Unfortunately, I have to buy a new injector on the car and everything is sorted out. But yeah, the car started not driving properly and was really, really challenged. I, in that time, I didn't know very well what was happening because I didn't have traction control. Uh, I have to control the car a lot with the gear, um, with the gearbox. Not try to drop. I have to pull, pull the, the gearbox more than should be because if I was going. Um, between 1.5 and 2.5 is where you have that pump of uh, petrol to the car to get more power because the engine need to kick out power it was really difficult so I have to work a lot with the clutch for the car uh, not stall and everything so it was a little bit <laughs> a little bit really uh, tricky but that is nothing comparing when for example I was dealing with a little bit with crisis of dementia and I forgot uh, several occasions where I was and even create troubles for me and to the people that was there so of course Christina was there 100% all the time and unfortunately random cosign was there and he have to deal with that that was not uh, good for him too so all my part sorry for that but of course the highlights of the day have to be the races I saw first race of classics um, after didn't saw very well the Caterham but saw no sorry saw the classic race the first classic race so the um, race one of GTs, race two of GTs, Caterham only the uh, 600 I saw, I saw a little bit of the radicals and of course I saw the second race of classics too. So everything was good, of course probably see Valentino Rossi there would be the main thing, not because Valentino Rossi but because oh Brandach was full of Valentino Rossi's uh, fans, the doctor is a legendary on motorcycle uh, racing but I didn't saw that the fan base was passing so much from the motorcycles to the GTs so was there a big fan base there and of course the surprise was having him have the first podium that he had on the GTs so it was really good in terms of race, the first race was really calm um, Raffaello was completely dominating everything on the BMW after on the second race was more challenge like I say Rafael even give us a bright, uh, bright over double overtake, so that was amazing to see. And uh, crazy was just a number 18 that was um, Lamborghini. I don't remember now. I need to check on the papers. He was driving so slow, so slow. He was going some of the some of the times I saw the data 
sometimes two seconds uh, slower to three seconds slower than a lot of drivers. When he was coming on the roads, he had a blue flag. His follower from Alvi and the Ferrari 488, and on blue flags, he was breaking so far, uh, so so late, you know, so early on the on the on the, on the corners that that made it the Ferrari have to uh, fully lock, you know, break completely and make the Audi that was having a good battle with him having an easy pass on him due to the fact that he, that the other car was slower and very slower so I think I was expecting them to say to him to stop racing or something because he was so slow so I don't know if he had a problem on the car what was going around we didn't have nothing but unfortunately the thing was not looking very nice for him but of course in terms of Brandage he had everything that you should uh, have on a, on a small venue because it's not a huge venue everything was there everything was really good the way that everything was provided to us uh, the merchandise catering everything was on spot on and of course everyone behaved perfectly and i think it was quite quite a good race to to see and a real race to involve but moving about my first time on brand Dutch, let's talk about the 24 hours nubring it was the f uh, fir uh, 51st edition of the Nurburgring 24 Hours. I want to say probably Le Mans is great, it's a great show because we have the prototypes and everything, but in terms of 24 Hours I think this one is a pineapple because you are so near the, the cars, you, you see you have options to be so near, so close the cars and everything is, is an unbelievable. So let me break the five things that I think they are the key points of the ADAC Total Energy 24 hour race of 2023 and why I think is one of the best event sport, iconic motorsport events in the world. First one, Katzberg continue dominating on Nürburgring, he's the second victory in 2020. He had the first one, now he had the second one after the, the success of uh, uh, winning on uh, Sebring. So he is all over the place and of course he's bringing something unique to the class. The Dacia being there I think was amazing, I think it was funny to see the Dacia, I think it was funny to see different types of cars, there was a lot of brands there and I think, like I say, the third thing is a, spe a spectacular racing atmosphere, I think the 24 hours is no for is energetic atmosphere, drawing passion of fans, creating unique ambience, so it's something unique. On second is a live stream. I think they have everything offered in live stream to cover the race is amazing to everyone enjoying in the follow of action in real time. I think you saw race close races, you saw no so much reflex. Everything is about keep driving, keep driving. You see them overtake the um, Slowing, overtake the, the the track when he was pushing the Dacia on and over the night with the lights. So he's <laughs> actually racing, racing. And for me, the biggest point was in the last 24, 21 years, no German brand uh, have winning. So Ferrari break the curse and bring finally after 21 years and no German victory to Brand uh, to sorry to Nurtley. So it was amazing to see that one it was. Every time everyone knows that it's going to be a German uh, racing team to win it, so this time was not a German racing team, so or a ger German no racing brand. So for us, it was quite important to break this curse. But of course, 
number in, I think, in terms of spectacle, in terms of, of course, Le Mans offer a different thing, but I think in terms of spectacle is probably the most beautiful uh, racing atmosphere that you see in terms of motorsport. And that, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Of being VZ, I hope you enjoy it. Diving into the thrilling world of the motorsport and sim racing with me, we talk about Team Redline, Real Racers Never Quit, the R Factor 2, we talk about GT7, Studio 4, of course, James Bolding, the horrible Macon transaction. So, imagine how gonna be the next episode, gonna be a lot of things. So, stay tuned for more adrenaline, full virtual discussion and exciting news on the virtual world but until then keep your engines revving your passion play a lot on your simulators and don't remember me next wednesday we are back for another episode so goodbye from being here at podcast